Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. I'm here with one of my really good friends, George, today. Hey guys, I'm glad to be on the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the movie we're about to talk about, so stay tuned and let's get ready. You sound very excited to be here. What? (laughs) (laughs) Relax, man. I know, I'm a okay, we'll cut all that out. So we are talking about Spider-Man Homecoming today. That's going to be so awesome. It's 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 one of my favorite movies, so. Yeah, I'm excited. It's one of mine, too. Well, Spider-Man in general, I feel like with this one, they we finally got the Spider-Man we deserved. Not that the previous ones that played them didn't do a good job, but we got the complete True. packaged True one. True Spider-Man. While we're talking about it, we're switching it up a little bit with our coffee. Uh, we're actually serving Coast Coffee from Coast Coffee Roasters here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's our good friend Charlie Plowman's own little coffee business. Thank you, Charlie probably some of the best coffee you'll ever you'll ever drink cool so spider-man homecoming came out july 7th 2017 john watts directed it and it's actually it's a pretty stacked cast i was looking through we got tom holland zendaya jacob Batalon, michael keaton marissa to my john favreau robert downey jr etc 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 like that is a stacked it's a it has cast. Th- it has three oscar winners um which I don't know. I don't think so. After since Infinity War and Endgame have been out, but at the time when Spider-Man: Homecoming came out, it held the record for the most Oscar winners in a Marvel movie. Oh, it did. It was Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Marissa Tomei, and uh, Jennifer Connelly, who voices Karen. That doesn't surprise me. Like knowing, I mean, the movie itself overall was yeah amazing. So considering, and it was the first, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. First um, Spider-Man movie to reach one. Billion? billion i think so so definitely the cast yeah. yeah it makes sense it was a great cast it also held two oscar nominees michael keaton and robert downey jr mm. which let's just i can't believe neither of them have won an oscar that. either of them they're both such phenomenal actors and they're in so many movies that it's, neither of them have won an oscar it's like a crime that's a that's a tragedy it really is like yeah it, you know i don't want them to go on through their career or retire and then like not get it they deserve it like out of all the awards they've they've had or accomplished yeah it's kind of like those i mean i'm sure they probably don't care maybe they do but we as the people as the fans (laughs) like give these people an oscar i mean you know they might have the mindset of like how pastor henry does with his grammy like it's just a thing yeah you know, it's not it's not the be all end all. Like other people think it's such a big deal, but I mean so. I think they're great enough without it. Like Right. It'd be more of it's, a cherry on top for them. So yeah. Like to finally recognize mm-hmm. the talent. But it's not like a make or break for their nah. career. No, nah, like they're well said. Like everything they've done from all types of movies, they don't need an oh, Oscar yeah. to say, Hey, I'm a great actor. Right. It's nice, but it's not needed. Um, speaking of Jennifer Connelly, she is married to Paul Bettany, who voices Jarvis, and then later Vision. Yeah. And she voices Karen. 
thought it was a cute little cute little setup right yeah. there cute little they like, also uh they also cast her for it because she, um as you know spider-man homecoming was based the inspiration for how the movie was made was they wanted it to be like a coming of age movie like all the classic john hughes 80s coming of age movies and she was in i don't remember which one but she was in a a john hughes movie and so it was also another little bit way to pay homage to john hughes by having her star in it so i thought that was real all all little fun tidbits i think it was the sm- the good i mean if you know you know if you don't i mean still like a good little addition to add mm-hmm. both of them being you know voice and height intellectual you know computers the, AIs. the ais yeah um like oh you know both y'all are actually together in real life Let's which is cute which y'all you know it's really cute in the movie working, together working not together but kind of together uh so why did you why was this one of the movies you chose to talk about oh where do i even start and when i found out so tom holland's um video or his um audition had mm-hmm. I guess leaked or it was online, and so I saw that. He probably that. spoiled it himself, to be honest. Yeah, consider how much stuff he spoils. He probably, yeah, I don't. But I stumbled across it, and this was when the movie was being talked about, like next Spider-Man movie, and I saw it, and the kids got it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's not, you know, he can do the flips, he can do. Stanley himself said that, like, watching Tom Holland play it is how he pictured Spider-Man when he wrote the character. Yeah, and like, and that's—I feel like that's the biggest honor. And that, and it really was like—I mean, and no, like, I enjoyed Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Don't get me wrong; they were both amazing as well. Oh, it yeah. was just a missing element. I can't really pinpoint like one of them was missing either the kid. Mm-hmm. They were both missing the kid. They were, you know, like one of them, like Toby. I think was a great Spider-Man. Wasn't so much a great kid. Yeah. For me. And then Andrew Garfield, you know, he was witty. He was, you know, had the jokes and stuff, but didn't really, wasn't so much a good, I guess, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But then Tom Holland was the complete kid. He was in, you know, they were all in high school. Um, he had the kid features. He, he truly looks like a kid. He tr- yeah. And then he acts yeah. like he would in the comics, you know, and so I think with Tom Holland, I knew it was going to be a good one. And once the movie came out, I was just blown away from start to finish. And like, we finally, as any Spider-Man fan would like got, you know, in my opinion, a great Spider-Man, the complete Spider-Man that is. Right. I've seen things where it talks about like the best way to describe and compare the three different Mm Spider-Mans is like, Tobey Maguire is like the 30 year old Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield's the college kid, and Tom Holland is the actual 15 year old. Agreed. And that's like, even though they're all in high school, like that's how their characters almost are portrayed. Yeah. Which is because, you know, Tobey Maguire was older and Andrew, so was Andrew Garfield. And and I mean, Tom Holland is obviously not 15, but he's- Looks it. (laughs) Yeah, right? He's the closest age. Cause he was like 19 when he was cast. Mm Civil War. So. Oh yeah, and you think even that cameo there, 
mm-hmm. with him after we discovered who it was and right. and eventually you know when civil war ended you know you can't just introduce a character like that and not have a movie in the in the works and you know they knew what they were doing when they yeah. did it and so they they had they had an agreement already and so i think it was a good introduction to kind of like how they did with black panther um mm-hmm. he just kind of showed up out of nowhere almost in civil war yeah and you know movie kind of the same thing with spider-man i believe and i love the the way they introduced him when they said under roos yeah and i was like because for the people that don't know, it's a brand of like underwear. underwear. <laughs> Which is a dig at his costume. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man. Well, he was supposed to have more screen time in Civil War. So the, the original plan that Marvel had was the amount of screen time that Black Panther had was going to be Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's screen time was going to be Black Panther. But they didn't have permission for Sony in time to film which is just a whole i don't know i feel like it was still great it was great how it ended up but i mean like like sony not so sony's just sony don't get me started on sony but um yeah i think overall it was still great you know now thinking about that i mean it would have been great to see a little more spider-man even though it wasn't really his movie but i think what they did it was just right i'm curious with how they would have written it because black panther's storyline in civil war is such a big factor into the whole plot of the movie yeah you know i wonder which then affected the black panther movie uh, so I, wa- I wonder what the original script ideas were like what because you know t'chaka dying at the accords signing or whatever was basically the factor into putting everything into play you know what for the movie well for, for his yeah black panther first well and for civil war yeah you know that was the whole reason everyone went after bucky i wonder um how they would have incorporated spider-man's how they would have gotten civil war to go the way it did if the black panther tie-in wasn't as big on screen as it mm-hmm. was and and they in place they had spider-man i'm just curious about what that would have i think like. i mean considering tony stark uh, basically takes him under his wing mm-hmm. i think there was too much going i mean there was a lot going on in the movie for sure right i think it they would have Aven- had- let's be honest it, that was avengers 3 it was or like, like avengers two and a half it was like pre-Avengers or something. Yeah. Like it wasn't a Captain America. It was like Avengers two and a half. Yeah, let's all admit that right there. Pre, I'll call it pre-Avengers, <laughs> Civil War. Um, but yeah, I think either way, it would have been a lot of story and a lot of. I'm sure they would have figured it out somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have had to made the movie longer to incorporate, you know, Black Panther and Spider-Man because although Tony was working or you know, kind of taking him under his wing during the movie, sort of, you know, had his moments here and there, you know? Not really. It's like, but yeah. And Not, so, he didn't really take him under his wing in Civil War. He just kind of like picked him up and said, but, here, yeah. I need you. It, so, but yeah. And so like, they probably would have had to dive in deeper and it would have been a sidetracked, I believe. Like, while trying to keep the main storyline and keep all the action and all that going, right. it probably would have been a lot to cram cram into one movie. True. But I wonder how much the 
plot itself would have changed, you know, because you knew because you knew what the end goal was. Yeah. And so I wonder how they would have gotten to that end goal. If it had been if Black Panther and Spider-Man screen time had been switched. But we're not talking about Civil War. We are talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. So did you know that John Watts, the director, uh, instructed the cast mainly the high schoolers, to spend an entire day marathoning John Hughes movies. <laughs> no, so I they all know. did it at, you know, because they, they were in Atlanta for five months or whatever. Oh, buddy. Filming it. So they got, like, you know, apartments and all of that kind of stuff. So they had a pizza and movie marathon day at Tom's apartment <laughs> in Atlanta, and they all just marathon John Hughes movies. That is a. I wonder they how long they. They do that they for ma- work. That'd be like the best day ever. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be mad like <laughs> chilling with all these actors Eating like pizza and watching John Hughes. Like yeah, guys. No, I think that's. I mean, I guess to get the feel for the movie of Homecoming and all that to kind of yeah. Get the I feel for how the direction of the movie they wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. Not know. I mean, obviously they knew the script, but kind of yeah. Dive the into feel. it so that the feel for it. I think, and I think that's why this spider-man is favored so much is because it feels it john watts got what he wanted it's it feels like it's a light-hearted coming-of-age movie which was a really nice breather after all that action after all like how tense the last handful of marvel movies Mm -hmm. have been this was like a deep side yeah like okay Um, like still a threat but but it's funny because it's high schoolers. It's a, yeah. it's a bunch of fifteen-year-olds. Like it's like okay, we can come back to Earth for a second. Yeah, <laughs> like let's let's get back to the real world for mm-hmm. a hot minute and watch these high schoolers figure out how to survive high school. Yeah, well, with fun. while being a superhero. So it's it's a good little balance. Like hey, if you thought high schoolers didn't have it bad enough, <laughs> try being a superhero. I also love all the Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, it was a little special. The, all of, like because you see it playing in the on, mm. on the TV, but then also at the end when they they have their own mascot running oh, yeah. through. Um, I no, I thought it was great. Just a little. It's the small things in Marvel movies sometimes that that makes you be like, huh. Even if you don't catch it the first time, you're like, because mm-hmm. there was some stuff that I took me a while to get. Or I've right. seen. I'm like, how many times I've seen this movie, and I'm just now getting it. Yeah, it's the little things with this one. Like the um, Captain America videos. Oh, that was... The PSAs. That was gold. It's like, so you're in here. Because you thought you could run from the law or whatever it was. So you got detention. You got detention. Have you... My favorite one is the end credit scene. That... That... It's... I can't even... Without laughing... Um, like you've got a lot of patience if you made it this far. Patience. Sometimes it's really rewarding. Other times you just are waiting and waiting. I'm waiting. And what you're waiting for isn't what you expected. And it's just, you can tell, it's essentially Marvel is making fun of. They trolled us. They trolled us because they trolled they're, us all. they're making fun of all of us who sit and wait these amazing end, end credit scenes and then it's just Captain America telling us that this was really pointless. Why are you watching this? And they didn't even do it. <laughs> I mean, it was it's a good amazing. little jab. Like, ha, huh, 
took your money right. and they were going to make fun of you and you're still going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I feel like it was. I can't get mad. I mean, Marvel can do that to me any day. And I still At least be in, happy. That, in the way that they did. Yeah. That one, the first time I watched it, I it took me by surprise. Like I was not expecting that little end credit. And so I... I, I was laying in my bed watching it, and I think I fell off my bed. I was laughing so hard because <laughs> it just, I just so was not expecting that to be the scene. And then knowing the fact that Marvel legit called us all out for sitting through all the credits. I mean, after like training us for X <laughs> no, amount of years. For <laughs> nine years. Nine. It's like, you'd think somebody would get up and just <laughs> leave, but nope. We all just sit and wait. So if you watch the movie the first time, um, when after the beginning with the little like home video recap of Civil War from mm-hmm. Peter's point of view, and he's going to school, you can see a picture of Howard Stark on a mural. Yes. And then you can see a picture of Bruce Banner in one of the classrooms. And I thought that was such a cool. Again, it's it's the little things. It's yeah, I. You know, because they're they're fans of the Avengers, and you know they had to go through all that. And they well, not even that. It's it's a science school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a school for science and technology. And so, of course, having some of the greatest Top scientists, scientists in their world, Bruce, yeah. yeah, in that universe. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of a science school, did you know when they were prepping to film? At one point, like Tom Holland made a joke about, well, wouldn't it be funny if I went undercover at a actual like science oh, high yeah. school? I was literally about and to just so, bring that up. Yeah, so they did. That is my favorite thing. This is my favorite story to hear of like, him like going to this actual Boston School of Science. It's in New York or something? Yeah, in yeah. Boston. They but, were in Boston. Duh. Hence the name. But, Boston yeah, School just, of Science. Um, and they put him in, and they the name they gave him, I think, I think was like. The last name of like the uh, like one of the producers or like one of the writers, like I don't remember his first name, but I know they gave him that the last though? name. You know, like how, was it just a just day or two? Pay a lot of money. I think it was a week. And they just let him be there. I mean, obviously they would talk to the head people of the yeah. school, but if like I just imagine, I'm just trying to picture if, that conversation. If you know? Marv, if like. I assume it wasn't like John Watts going up and be like, hey, I bet you it was some of the Marvel execs and the producers of the movie going, mm. hey, we're filming Spider-Man Homecoming. We need to teach this kid who grew up in Europe what an American, American school, school is, is like. Yeah. Can we pay to have him like just spend, dis- not disruptive, just sit in class? I bet you they'd be like, yeah, sure. Eh, why not? It's no different than an exchange student. Yeah, true, I guess. So. I just wanted it to be there when, like, in that conversation. Like, hey, this is going to be the next Spider-Man. Like, right. here's, you know. Or the fact that. A good amount of money. I love that, like, in an interview, Tom talked about it and straight up said someone called him out. Yeah. Because he didn't know. Like, obviously, he, he's like, I don't know any of this stuff. My favorite was... Uh, and so he told her, and she didn't yeah, believe him. I that's would, what it I was. Want her, I want to know what her reaction was. It's like, yeah, I'm Tom When Holden. Spider-Man came out. Huh. They should do a catch-up. <laughs> where are they now? Where are they now? Like, How hey girl. much her mind had to be blown. 
realizing. You literally had it. This dude isn't joking. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to be the next Spider-Man. Like, you know, all, all his, his accent. And his British accent. And it's like, get out of here or something. You're like, a crazy man. I'm like, okay. Comes out. It's like, oh, I guess he was right. Yeah. That's what, That was my friend. I was like, girl, you never know who you. None of us. No, I mean, you, you, know, you had no chance of knowing, but it's like, come on, like, ease up a bit. Yeah. But I mean, would you have believed that? Because they, they like, had kept it under wrap. You know, there's. I would have been, I mean, I'm the type of like, oh, yeah, man, like, how, like, let me show you around or something. I don't know. Not just be like, ah, like. But I mean, if there was no you. word yet of like, there wasn't any information out about spider-man yet mm-hmm. and so this random person with some i don't even know what the whole cover story was comes into when you're in high school and is sitting in the class with you obviously does not belong in a stem school not at all no he and didn't. <laughs> all of a sudden switches to a british accent and says i'm gonna be the next spider-man like would you really believe it slightly just slightly i don't think not i wouldn't write it off completely i don't think i would have like i, I would have questioned him more yeah i would have questioned like oh really like and got to, you know like i would have fished w- for more details yeah that's what i would have done yeah. i mean if i, I don't heard. think i don't think i would have believed it but i would have asked for more details i would have been curious enough to keep asking some questions who knows maybe maybe mm-hmm. you could have got a ticket well if i was her maybe could have got a ticket or to the premiere but oh well, how funny would it be if they did end up like they they found her and Sent her a ticket. I mean, who knows? Like Marvel, oh, if you if you ever come across this, like, do a where are they now? Yeah. Did you catch the Deadpool reference in um the scene where they're doing sit ups? Really? Yeah. What was it? So you know, I don't think this so. is after Ned found out that Peter was Spider Man. Yeah. And he's asking all the questions, and then they're getting to the gym class, and Peter's doing sit ups. And Ned's asking and asking. And then they catch Liz, Betty, and a couple of other kids sitting yeah. on the bleachers talking about Spider-Man. And then they're like, oh, man, Liz has a crush on him. And they're all like, well, you don't even know who it is. Like, he could be, like, 30-something under the mask, which a lot of people think is a reference to Tobey Maguire being Spider-Man because mm-hmm. he was really old. That's it. In, yeah. in the sense of playing Spider-Man. Yeah. He's not old, but like older than to play Spider-Man. To, yeah. And then the the boy is like, or he could be seriously burned, which Deadpool wears a mask because he is extremely burned. Yeah, I mean, so. would they have? Yeah, I mean. But I mean, there was reference, but it wasn't a reference to the movie Deadpool. It was yeah. just a reference to the character. That could have been Because there's, there's references all over to the Spider-Man comics. Yeah. Like, I, most license plates are like issue issues of, issues uh, of different series and comics. Yeah. So there's references thrown all throughout the movie. I think this was just another one of them. It could be. Now that thinking about it, it mm-hmm. sounds like it could be. It's just kind of makes me wonder like, do they know who Deadpool is? Like, well, I don't think Deadpool's in the universe. Well, yeah, that's why. Like, right. But like I said, Marvel throws the references out there. Like, mm-hmm. To be like, hey. Like, it's candy. Just here's mm-hmm. a reference. Here's a reference. Everyone take a reference. Here's a reference. Yeah. Uh, another fun fact. This is the eighth movie that Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony Stark on screen. Hmm. 
feel like he's just been yeah. playing him forever. I don't everywhere. lose track of that. Like, he's it's like, oh yeah, no, Tony's here. Like you don't think like. But it's the yeah, it's the eighth movie at the time. It was the eighth movie that he was shown on screen as Tony Stark. That's a good one right there. Yeah, I do like their. You know, the movie overall. You know, like him being the mentor somewhat or mentor somewhat um kind of but not really not really like there but not there yeah and so yeah like he was you know giving advice here and there but i love their their mm -hmm. their chemistry on screen and you right. know that feel like it flowed really really well well it's because the actors have a great chemistry did you hear yeah. those rumors that he's trying to get tom holland to be cast for sherlock holmes three I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I feel like he'd be perfect for it. He's already British. Oh, it'd be perfect. <laughs> like, I mean, mine is, let's just, I feel like. He's already hey, got the accent down. You wouldn't have to, <laughs> so you know, train to get an accent unless <laughs> they're switching it up or something. No dialogue coaches. No. I was going to say, like, let's just see how much, you know, actors we can stack in this movie. Right, because there's also rumors he's trying to get Johnny Depp. That's, yeah. Yeah. I feel like. We'll see. I, I really know, do man. hope. I just cannot wait for Sherlock Holmes Street, but that's a whole thing I don't want to get into because yeah. it'll take too long. Um, so speaking of that being the eighth time he's on yeah. screen, this is the first non-Iron Man movie that Happy Hogan is in. That, see... Uh, oh, Happy. Oh, Happy. John Favreau, man. He... He's the best. He Like, he does so much, like... I don't think people realize that. No. John I mean, Favreau or Happy? Well, John Favreau is like oh, yeah. the he actor. Well, and Happy. Both. both. Within their respective yeah, things. Yeah, you know, with the John spectrum. Favreau does, is just insane. And it's like, oh, he's Tony Stark's assistant. And I'm like, mm, yes, he does way more than that. But, and so I feel like, I mean, he was utilized very, very, very well. Um, I feel like I wish I would have done a little more with him. Um, but... You know, they. I feel like it was good to, for him to be kind of his, you know, Holland's apprentice while Tony Stark was away, I guess, or his, like, coach, Point per man. se. Like, hey, I'm doing this. Like, what should I do? Or, yeah. Let's talk about the villain. The Vulture? The Vulture. All right, That's what I was excited about. Like, I remember Keaton Toombs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the guy that played it. Yeah. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Um you know, when I, you know, when they announced the movie and everything, I, I don't know if any, for anyone listening here, I don't know if you ever played the PlayStation one version of, uh, Spider-Man. Um, it's got all the original, uh, villains per se, it's, it's, you know, on the demo, you get to fight Scorpion. Um, and, the other game, and then if you get the full game, you know, you, you got all your classic, uh, isn't it the it, Sinister Six? Yes. Yeah. And so, because the vulture is one of them. Yep. Okay. And so, when I announced that the, you know, when they announced, that I was okay. The villain's gonna be vulture. I, like as soon as I saw the cover and all that, I was like, vulture is is good. Uh, because in the game he's um. It's different from what they did in the movie, but it was good because I feel like the Avengers are responsible for creating the vulture. If it wasn't for the war and all that tech. Well, according to the Vulture, 
the only one who is responsible is Tony, Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Whoa. Which is an entire rant that me and that Megan Brooks and I went on mm-hmm. during Iron Man three. No, during I, the Iron uh, Man three episode. I think he only. Honestly, it's the Avengers, but he went to put it on Tony Stark because it was around his. I feel like because they put his picture with the damage control. Yeah, and because he's and took rich. the crit. Yeah, you know, and not to make it political because I don't yeah. want to talk political, no, for sure. but it, that's what a lot of people do. Is oh, they're rich, so they get away with this and this and this, and their life is so much easier because yeah. they're richer than I am. So I had a written down some stuff here and you know i say that the adventures are responsible for creating the vulture it's you know remember all that talk about how superheroes are never held accountable for all the destruction their giant battles cause Mm -hmm. you know well vulture aka keaton is a direct side effect of the battle of new york you know you think about that right and so yeah i thought it was pretty although theoretically the battle was great business for him it was until damage until he got damage in. control. Yeah, and so obviously I was, you know, he was just a, a guy trying to get by, and his company got hired, or, you know, a Savage Company. And when damage control pushed him to the side, it was like, hey, I, which you know makes sense. You don't want a bunch of alien technology to get into the wrong hands. Yeah, but the way it was handled wasn't. It wasn't great, no. and I feel like that set him off. And oh, yeah. after damage control and they branded tony stark's you know face there yeah um it's kind of like okay i did all this work and you know you're getting the credit for it like no and so it's a big victim victim yeah he victim mentality he definitely was in the victim mentality which caused him to use the he was a victim which has then led to all these years of him only thinking in the victim mentality mindset and causing him to eventually to become what you see is the vulture. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a very, very, uh, um, unique way that they brought him in and, uh, using basically another movie or the aftermath of another movie to create a villain. And it wasn't a, and the vulture is a totally new, um, kind of marvel villain you know we if you look at like loki and ultron they were wanting to basically annihilate the world right like they wanted to uh although it's been confirmed that loki was mind controlled and, well well yes but like so yeah but i would get you or even thanos like yeah get obviously saying. he was getting used but like they were their goals were much bigger than what the Vulture had he, you know, he he was still a victim. He was somewhat of a victim. Had smaller goals in mind, though. Um, he just wanted to provide for his family and his uh, employees. Yeah, and so that's all it was the entire time. And and that's like a reasonable thing to set somebody off. Like it, it would set me off, you know. Like hey, um, oh yeah, you know. And so obviously he had all that alien tech gear. He's like, well, let me put it to use. And so yeah, I feel like. It was truly a, a re- not that all the other villains weren't real ones, but it was a, a real life, real life, real believable villain. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the cause of our own doing. Because even after he became the quote unquote villain, mm-hmm. he still only 
was only doing it to provide for his for business his, and his family. And so, yeah, and I thought, I mean, the whole scene, um, that, see, one of my favorite, favorite scenes in the movie, honestly, or one of the more, per se, high tense mm -hmm. scenes was when he was driving, is it Liv, I believe? Yeah. Liz. Liz. Uh, uh, that scene is so It was so, I can't, tense. I could, I remember, you know, when all that happened, when he figured out he was Spider-Man. Spider Especially when the camera closes in on him and he's just like, good old Spider-Man. Spider like, yeah. he, he draws it out and you just, this tension the, is so I, Literally, heavy. I feel like you could grab the tension he from the screen. Cut it with screen, a knife. Cut it yeah. with a knife. It'd be so heavily. I loved, you know, when... Liz mentioned um, that, you know, he was interning with, you know, mm -hmm. Tony Stark and he gets to work with Spider-Man and, and all that. Because she loves Spider-Man. And she does. She's so oblivious to her dad, uh -huh. but that's the way that he wanted it. Yeah. And when, obviously, he's doing what he can't, we, we know what he was doing, you know, stealing tech and all that to provide for his family. And like I said, back to, you know, it's almost, it's that moral question of would you steal bread to feed your family? Yeah, it really was. And he, he had to, obviously he did and, yeah. you know, but it was, it was still wrong, at least what he was doing, you know? And so like that moment right there in that, in the movie, was like, okay, it's about to, I mean, it was already going down, but it was like a redefining. The fact that he, um, he makes Peter thank him for saving his life. Yeah. Like, because and you know you know that the only reason he did not shoot him in that car is because Spider-Man saved, saved them at the Washington Monument, and which a is life a, for a life kind of. Which is also another great scene. Um, speaking of the vulture, yeah, is when he's going when they're back at their like workshop area mm -hmm. and Tombs is going off about him and he's mid sentence being like, "When I find Spider-Man, I'm gonna kill him." And that's when the breaking news goes on, and he sees Saves. that Spider-Man saved Midtown Tech Decathlon mm -hmm. team. Like you can instantly tell that he and now owes a debt because his daughter was daughter there. Was that, yeah, and I feel like that definitely played a role mm -hmm. in him. That's why it made the scene so much more tense. Like it, there was yeah. so much buildup to that, and I know it wasn't like the highlight of the movie or anything, but like that's why it got me sweating and like mm -hmm. made me tense up because i was like man he you know typical you know your your typical like world domination villain would have ended him right then and there but this was more of a humanized villain mm -hmm. still had a heart you know um he he thought he was doing right and you know he peter did save his daughter mm -hmm. so it's like okay a life for a life but if you choose to come after me after that no mercy then there's no mercy yeah and obviously we know what happens. And so that's why I really, really like that scene. I also like they kept it really simple, both like with the camera work mm -hmm. and just the scene itself. It's just them in a car, which yeah. sets it up of Peter is trapped. He cannot get out, but it's also just such a simple setup of them in a car. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a simple high school parent bringing the kids to prom or homecoming. Uh, but I also love that they had, like, that dark. They kept the scene dark. It, they did. Um, which is a big contrast from the rest of the movie. Because the movie is a lot of 
brightness and light and it was bright joyful. colors. It was, joyful know. because it's coming of age. But they had this moment where, where it's like, this is still a superhero movie. We're going to make it dark for a second. And like that's why like, it, it was kind of, I kind of feel like when that happened, you know, when they rolled up to the school and all that, it was a, a big halt in the movie. The movie was mm-hmm. rolling really good. And it's like, all the okay. way they made it where he was like his his like everything was buzzing in his ears. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of like walking in a daze was so. And then the way it just kind of all came in the sound hit at once. Mm-hmm. That's great. This is great. Like, and then finally he, you know, he let him go and he went into, um, you know, the high school and mm-hmm. that's where he. MJ giving him the bird. MJ giving <laughs> him the bird and all that. And eventually, well, Spider-Man doing what Spider-Man does had to yeah. do, you know, stop the villain. And so the guy knew he was going to come after him. Because if you can do the things that he does and bad things happen, it's because of him. It's because of him. Yeah. Great power. Comes great, great responsibility. I'm glad we did not get a, you know, one thing I. It's in the gag reel. Oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> like, and coming with the, the other reason I liked um, the movie as a, as a whole was like obviously, Uncle Ben was only alluded to. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't really, um, you know, we know what happens to Uncle Ben. Like we don't need him. <laughs> he's never mentioned. Out. He's never. No, he's. I think he's alluded to once. I believe. So the only thing they say is when Ned first finds out about him, and when they're in Peter's bedroom, mm-hmm. and um, and he's and Ned's like, does May know? And then he's like, oh, she doesn't know. And Peter's like, no, you know what's um, with everything that's happened with with her in the last year. Like I couldn't, I can't add this to her plate, or it's like something like that. Mm-hmm. That's the only. They never even allude that he, that May's actually been married. Like that's literally it. The closest allusion is, with everything that's happened to her in the last year. That's it. That's the one line. Mm-hmm. There's no actual. Alluding to a Ben Parker until Far From Home, and even then, it's only that one shot of the suitcase with. Ben's initials. See, and I thought it was really good because, like, we've seen Spider-Man so many times. We don't need another. Well, they. Uncle Ben dying made, on the street, or they made like, Tony, Uncle Ben. In a sense, yeah. Um, yeah, like I metaphorically. Can, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that was, definitely true. Because, like, because I, I mean, Tony was a big part of Peter's growth. Like, um, he's he kind of from Iron Man two on. Well, yeah, that's like it's it's kind of like. Oh, there's this kid, and he eventually catches on, you know, like the YouTube videos and stuff that had surfaced, and yeah. he knew, you know, he was figuring his way out, you know, and so Tony being Tony, mm-hmm. you know, came in, gave him an upgrade and all that jazz and good stuff, and, you know, if, I don't think, if Tony wasn't in the movie, I don't think it would have, he, he played a great enough role, it wasn't an Iron Man movie, but it was enough to where he can keep Peter cemented on the right mm-hmm. track and keep going forward yeah because like discovering his new powers he has a new suit he can do more he he's learning his powers basically during the entire movie like this spider-man he's still a kid he 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 still has fear of jumping from 40 foot tall buildings like he right you know he this is all new to him but i also love with this movie they skipped over all of that yeah and because it was he's already been bitten he's already figured out 80% of how to work his powers. Yeah. Like he, 
you know, he's already become, spe- we, we don't have another origin story. Yeah, we don't need, and we didn't need it. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I say this movie is nothing against the previous ones, but it was You're the almost complete. skipping the first movie and just jumping into the plot. Yeah, and I, that's why I think it did so great. Everything from start to finish, you know, it's like this kid, he's all, he's already got his powers, he's, he's doing what he can to keep the neighborhood safe, and, you know, as it goes on, we've got, you know, the villains, uh, we've got also some other um, Spider-Man villains like um, the Tinkerer and the Shocker. And those Scorpion. Are all, and Scorpion. See, and that, oh, there we go. That's what, I, like, I was like, oh, man. So, you know, obviously when. That's the vo- other thing, going back with the Vulture is, you know, it was a life for a life. He didn't, he didn't kill Peter because he saved Liz. Fast forward to the Coney Island in the airplane, like, he saved the Vulture so the vulture doesn't give him up to Scorpion in jail. And so, I mean, that's why, so Sinister Six is Dr. Octopus, mm-hmm. Electro, Craven the Hunter, Mysterio, Sandman, and Vulture. Mm-hmm. And we've got, um, we've got Vulture, we've got Mysterio, right. and we've got... Kind of. Sort of, yeah. We're going to wait and see how that plays out. Um, and so, obviously, the other ones are left to... For us to discover, but that's for the different Spider-Man movie. But when they introduced Scorpion, as soon as I saw it, and you notice immediately the tattoo mm-hmm. on his neck, Scorpion, I was like, although he's in jail, he still has connections. Like, he doesn't have to be in jail if Scorpion right. doesn't want to be. And so, but he's there for a reason. Um, and so, comic-wise, I mean, like I said, Marvel tends to, like, yes, they're, they're going off the comics, um, but, but I love the twists that they add all the time. Um, like, let's kind of make it our own, own way, you know, still using the comics as a base, but that, and that was another, like the, the web wings. mm -hmm. That was a good, good little homage to the early Spider-Man development and all his, uh, Mm -hmm. like every other hero goes through different suit changes and and stuff. And so, but that was when he kind of kept. Yeah, he did keep it, and I liked yeah, it. Yeah, and he infused it in it in the suit that he built himself in mm-hmm. Far From Home. Yeah. So, it's a cool little one. Um, another thing with the Vulture is being like a, almost like a human villain instead of a superhero villain. Yeah. He never intentionally harms innocent people. No. It's only people who directly confront him or try to stop him personally. And any other damage had <laughs> at least in this movie has yeah. been because of Spider-Man trying to stop him. True. But he never, and I think, and I really think that's kind of what sets him apart from every other, literally every other villain. Yeah. Because I don't think we've had, there has been a villain that. Who's not mad about destroying the world. Who doesn't care about hurting yeah. innocent people. He actually did. He just wanted to do things which what he thought was the right way yeah. not at the expense of civilians because he didn't he never put anybody like you said right but, but that's what i mean danger. is like there hasn't been another superhero that went out of his way to watch out for to, to attempt to not mm-hmm. hurt innocent people yeah like you know you go from Obadiah Stane, like he straight up picks a van full of people and chucks it at Tony when they're fighting in the suits in the first Iron Man. Yeah. Like he doesn't care. Fast forward into the newest Marvel movie, Mysterio, 
you know, they tell him, when he's setting up the London attack, they tell him, like, that's going to be a lot of casualties. He yeah, says, yeah, I don't care. care. Yeah. So I think that's what really sets him apart is he's, I'm pretty sure, the only quote-unquote villain so far that has attempted to not bring civilian casualties intentionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see once, uh, like, I have a gut feeling they'll, they'll set it up for some type of Sinister Six, because there's two more movies. Um, I believe Spider-Man movies, that is, that they have is on they? contract. I believe so. And so... Th- I haven't kept up with mm-hmm. all the new contract things. So so my guess is, from the way they left um, Homecoming, uh, so they're both in jail. Um, uh, I think they're at least going to introduce another member, like I said, um, mm-hmm. that they'll bring in. And... You know, from there, like, they could use, you know, especially from Far From Home, they introduced Mysterio. Yeah. And so that's three of the six of the Sinister Six that we have already. Kind of. Kind of. We already got half of them. Well, we say kind of because of Mysterio. Yeah. Kind of. Um, Yeah, I'm interested to see especially how they're going to play off from the ending of... um, Far from home. Yeah. With him being revealed as Peter. See, I oh man, I got so much for that, but yeah, that'll be for another time. It'll be, I mean, like, you know, Spider Man's one of my favorites. Always will be. He's a, uh, and I feel like him and I mean, there's I like them all, but he definitely sits at. It's a tie for number one with him and Iron Man, mm-hmm. just because. I can relate to him so much. I feel like I've walked in his shoes per se. Yeah. Um, and I just relate to him. Like I almost feel like we've both made the same mistakes and like, it's like, Oh man, like, you know, kind of making our comeback and you know, he does himself right. And so that's why I I've, feel like he is the most relatable character. Yeah. And, and I think, which was the point of how Stanley wrote him and oh, good old Stanley, like so glad 1982 old Spider-Man. That was my favorite. Like, you know, once I discovered that, it, and it was, it was, he just connected with him. Just connected. He was a hero that wasn't too far fetched, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to like, you far fetched enough, but not completely out there. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to do a couple really quick fun facts okay. i'm just gonna spout them off really quickly because i thought they're really cool yeah go ahead uh so tom holland didn't find out he was spider-man until like his brother showed him on social media <laughs> it only after he found out did kevin feige call him <laughs> uh yeah right which is great like listen <laughs> um the iconic poster of spider-man lane with the headphones on in the decathlon yeah. jacket was actually a picture from set that someone took of Tom Holland napping in the outfit between takes. Set. And he didn't know that picture was taken until he saw the poster. Like, hi, guys. Yeah. And he's like, hey, that wasn't... What's that mean? What's that mean? Um, at the end, when Happy brings Peter up to the Avengers compound, mm-hmm. he's Peter's wearing the same science pun shirt that Pepper sleeps in in Iron Man 3. Yeah. Which... I think it's just a funny coincidence. Uh, that. But I can't see a reason why she, like, why the shirt was an Iron Man. Th- like, just. Yeah. It seems out of character for her to sleep in. 
but I could also see it being like a, I don't, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny little coincidence. Yeah, I, that's, that's a questionable one right there. Right, especially because it's that scene that they end up getting engaged. Yeah. Um. Also, so Tom Holland did ninety, or no, wrong number. Tom Holland did all of, almost all of his own stunts, including climbing the Washington Monument. Yeah, that they didn't film with the actual Washington Monument, but they created realistic pieces and actually had him physically climbing it vertically. Yeah, that's and filmed it. Uh, John Watts said that Tom Holland is 90% Spider-Man all on his own without like just as himself as a person mm-hmm. he's already 90% Spider-Man which I think is what gives in gives that extra flair to make the movies real but they did it was um just about any action scene was either through motion capture and him wearing a motion capture suit or doing it in person because they found drawing it through CGI didn't have the same effect as Tom physically doing it. And that's why, like, I think mm-hmm. he was the great, he's, he's the yeah. best Spider-Man. So even the parts that were CGI'd were filmed through motion capture, which is a really cool That's incredible feat, physically and just... Yeah. And this score was composed by Michael Giacchino, which is quickly yeah. becoming a favorite of mine because he has composed Mission Impossible 3 and 4, um... Both Incredibles, Up, all the Star Treks from 2009 on, Cars 2, Inside Out, both Jurassic Worlds, and he's signed on to do number three, Doctor Strange, both Spider-Mans, Jojo Rabbit, and like he's done so many more. But every movie I've been doing research on, I always look at who the composer is, and every sing- almost every time it's like Michael Giacchino, Michael Giacchino, Michael Giacchino. He's I'm doing like, something right. This guy's this guy great. <laughs> He's got to be doing something right to have all those movies under his belt. Yes. Um, I think that's all the fun facts I have. Try to get through them quickly. Are you good? But. And a few yeah. other ones? Or? Just the Rapping with Cat videos you can find. Rapping with Cat. Yeah. Those are so funny. <laughs> I can't believe he did those. <laughs> I'm glad they gave us a, some stuff to laugh at. Oh, they're so stupid. Oh, gag reels and they're so stupid. Uh, the only thing I want to touch on is when the when the warehouse is crushed on Peter. Oh yeah, wow. Because we didn't, didn't talk. talk about we that. didn't. No, there was so much. St- uh, yeah. No. Scene is when it, I first watched the movie. That's the scene that got me into it. I enjoyed the movie, but like that was the moment where it was like, I was oh serious. no, this is this i now like this movie yeah like and i like that's kind of the moment that got me into tom holland as spider-man it was a very key point for him Mm -hmm. turn you know turning point turning point for him like even him just laying under it like screaming for help Mm -hmm. like that's such a you see that he's a child first off you see that he's you see his vulnerability like like he oh he's still a 15 year old kid you see, and kind of, you know, he thinks back to the quote, like, if you're nothing without the suit, yeah. then you shouldn't have it. Which is, I got a lot of Lion King vibes, because you remember, like, the half Spider-Man, half... <laughs> yeah, face. no, I mean... It, it was almost, it was like when uh, Simba looks into the water and sees... Yeah, I mean, it, no, it, it, it really is kind of the same yeah. symbolism of, like, you know, he looks in, 
he sees his reflection. He doesn't see the suit because he doesn't obviously he doesn't right. have it. He has his homemade suit, but I mean, this just really yep. a hoodie, like a typical a, regular I, hoodie. I have I've seen people have found a lot of like parallels to Spy to Lion King. I, I mean, I, I know I know like <laughs> I've talked about like in Black Panther is essentially the live action remake of Lion King. Oh, it is hundred percent, one hundred percent. But there's I've also found like there's a lot of uh, um, parallels, mm-hmm. at least in dialogue between. Um, in Homecoming and The Lion King. How so? Or like, or which? I gotta find them. Hold on. I think I have it saved somewhere. I'll go ahead. I bet. While you look for that, um, you know, I think my favorite, um, or that's also a great, great scene that you're talking about because as he's looking into the water, it's like, hey, man, it's just you and and this all this rubble sitting on you. Like, what are you gonna do? And you see the vulnerability. You see the kid. You see. You don't really even see Spider-Man for a second. You just see Peter Parker. Yeah. And what it is. He's laying there calling out for help, realizing he's not invincible. And realizing, like, hey, this is the superhero life. Um, You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to find a way out. That's what heroes do. No matter how the situation looks like, they always overcome. And so, you know, once he, you know, channels all his you know, might and picks it up. It's like, okay, you know, picks it, dust himself back off, you know, and he goes after Vulture. You know, that's why I can relate to him. It's that kind of same thing. Like you go through stuff and it's like, we have to pick ourselves back up. Yeah. So here it is. It's, I found it on Instagram. Yeah. It's a, I can't really describe it cause it's pictures, but just scroll through see. them. One of the biggest ones people parallel is, after Simba and Nala are saved from the hyenas and Simba's like, I just, uh, I just wanted to be like you. I wanted to be brave like you. And then, Oh, that got me. And then Mufasa, you know, is the wise old dad. And then they compare it to Tony ripping into Peter. And he's like, well, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be like you. And he's like, Oh, I wanted you to be better. Like people show that as a really big parallel. It really is. Um, like, I mean, he wanted, you know, kind of like Mufasa. He wanted Simba to be a greater lion than him. A better version, yeah. Same thing Tony Stark. He wants him to be a better superhero because he saw something in him. Yeah. And Tony Stark doesn't just pick anybody. To quote Happy Hogan in Far From Home, you know, the one thing Tony was sure of was picking Peter. That makes me cry every time. Like... Especially after, you know, all the, you know, obviously we know what happens in Endgame, but. So sad. You know, it makes more sense now going back and watching these movies again Mm -hmm. and seeing the build up to that. Yeah. But knowing that Tony had a plan all along when he met Peter. Oh, yeah. And. That little smirk in Civil War. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Like, it was kind of one of those. I don't know. It was a. It's a great setup. Yeah. And this movie does really well with introducing and drawing us into the character that they have created. So. Yeah. It's good. It's a great movie. Well, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. 
Yeah. Glad we finally got to do it, which is ironic considering we live five minutes from each other. Right. <laughs> How it took us like five months to hang out one time. <laughs> Dude, that used to be our friendship. It is I? It still kind of is, really. <laughs> is it would every like six months we would hang out like one time. It's like I feel like we're two famous people, like with oh, busy yeah, schedules. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Nope, That's I got just this. the Nashville got life. It really is. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, just, it's not even famous people. It's just the Nashville life of... Nashville life. It also doesn't help that you're almost always the one to be like, hey, we have to reschedule. De- Look, I'm a, bu- I'm a busy man. Look, all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad yeah. we did get to you're, do this. You it. live at the gym. That's all you do. I do, I do not. I have a life outside of the gym, and that's called sleep. <laughs> <laughs> But no. And what a magnificent life that is. It, it it's a good one, trust me. Like I'm just trying to, you know, build my Avenger body and that when Marvel needs the next superhero, I'm I'm already set. I mean, if they want to help me with, you know, some dieting, I'm, you know, I'm just all for that Marvel. Chris Hemsworth's uh, center fit. And that does workouts and diets. I mean, I want to like I don't know, I want to, you know, have the the body of like Thor, but like the flexibility and the you know jumpiness of Spider Man and the wittiness a, a of life like of gymnastics. Iron Man. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty up there. I'm not no pro. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, like I want to be the all in one package Avenger. <laughs> you get a little <laughs> bit of everything. Well, you you keep. <laughs> Keep with all pushing. the sugar and spice dreaming, man. and everything <laughs> <laughs> marvel hire me please you won't regret it oh all right that's it for this week guys thanks for listening and if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add send us an email at moviesandmochas20 at gmail.com or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list let us know what you want us to talk about you can also find us on instagram facebook and twitter just look for the movies and mochas podcast have a great day guys